Hello, hello, welcome back to the Intentional Health Podcast. I'm so glad that you're here this week. I am sitting here on the floor in our bedroom because it's the only place that I don't get echo when I record these. It is our last week here in uh, Spain, well, in the Canary Islands. We'll be flying out next week to um, Madrid, and then I will be continuing on to go spend a week with my dad. I'm really excited. I'm flying him out here, and we're going to go on a little adventure. We're just going to be bumming it. We have like a van rented that we're going to drive around um, one area for and just like kind of go camping every night, and then we're going to just hop on and off some trains around Portugal and stay in hostels and just have a grand old time. The uh, Rugby World Cup is going on right now, and we are from South Africa, and so that's a huge deal to us, especially to my dad, so we'll be watching lots of rugby and riding lots of trains and just having a good old time for a week. I'm really, really excited for for this trip. I, I think it's going to be such a life-giving week. And then we will be in Portugal for like another week and a half. And then we are coming back to America. And I gotta say, I'm actually quite excited to be back home and just, here's the things I'm excited for. I cannot wait to get my hands on some raw milk again. Like I did not realize how much I would miss raw milk, but I miss it so much. I'm so excited. I am excited to get back to our garden because now once we get back to Florida, like the weather should hopefully be nice again. And so we're going to do lots of gardening and just start growing some good things. And then I'm also just so excited to get back to my pottery wheel. I have so many big visions for like little pottery things that I want to create, but I also have a very exciting thing that I'm going to be doing with my pottery in the coming months. And I can't tell you what it is yet, but I'm really excited about it. So that will be coming soon. And yeah, I'm just, I'm excited to go home and, you know, the holidays are coming and be with friends again. And it's just, it's going to be a good time. But anyways, that is completely besides the point. I am excited about today's episode because I feel like This is one of the things that is so foundational and impactful for your hormone health, but it's also the thing that can be overlooked very often because like, I mean, you saw the title of this episode. We're talking about sleep, but I feel like sleep is that thing that everyone tells you like, oh, get better sleep. Like make sure you get eight hours of sleep. And you hear it so much that it just kind of becomes that thing that is like, yeah, yeah, like whatever, like tell me what I can actually do for my health. But it's like, If you are not getting good quality, I don't just mean like getting your eight hours. I mean like actually quality eight hours of sleep every night, your health is going to be affected drastically. And like one of the simplest free things that you can do for your hormone health is to get some dang sleep, get some high quality sleep. And so today I want to dive into a handful of things that you can do to improve the quality of your sleep so that we can have happier hormones. 
Because listen, if you are getting your eight hours every night, whatever it is, but you're waking up feeling super tired in the morning, if you feel like you need a nap halfway through the day every single day, which there's nothing wrong with that with naps, but you should have a good amount of energy throughout the day. If you're waking up feeling super grumpy or groggy or whatever it is, you're probably not getting quality sleep. And it's something so simple that you can improve that'll drastically improve the quality of your life. And the other thing is women need more sleep than men. Our hormones require us to get a longer period of rest than men's hormones require. And I feel like that can be really hard for women sometimes when your boyfriend or your husband is waking up at 5 a.m. and being super quote-unquote productive and you are sleeping that extra hour and it can make you feel like crap because it's like, oh dang, well if he's waking up at 5 a.m., I should be waking up at 5 a.m. I should be going to do my 5 a.m. workout and this and this and that. And it's like, no, like our bodies function differently. You should not let yourself feel guilty for needing that extra hour of sleep or whatever it is and not needing to get up at the exact same time as your husband or your boyfriend because your health is going to thank you so much. I used to be the girl that woke up at 5 a.m. every morning. I wake up, go to the gym, do all the things, and I genuinely thought, like, I thought sleep was overrated. Not, I mean, I would get you know, probably like seven and a half hours of sleep every night. And I didn't feel great when I woke up in the morning and I like, I would feel, you know, good throughout the day, but I felt really guilty sleeping any more than, or like any later than 5.30 AM. And so I would guilt myself into waking up early every single morning. And when I finally let go of that, And I started allowing myself to sleep a little bit late. And I know that's a luxury. I know not everyone can sleep till 7 a.m. or whatever it is. You have kids, you have maybe a job that you have to get to early. But when I started waking up at 6.30 or 7 a.m. instead of 5.30 a.m. in the morning, I cannot tell you how much that impacted my health in a positive way. Like it was night and day for how rested I felt, for the energy that I got, for the joy that I felt in the morning, for my hormones, all the things. And it took me a really long time to get over the guilt of feeling like I was lazy or like I was wasting my morning not being productive. And that's a whole separate episode that I need to do about this like idea that taking your morning slow is somehow lazy and unproductive because that's just such a toxic mindset that society has put upon us. But that's for another episode. But when I let go of that guilt of prioritizing my sleep and I allowed myself to rest a little longer every morning, it was a game changer. So anyways, moving on to the topic of this episode, let's talk about five maybe six things that you can do for better sleep. Welcome to the Intentional Health Podcast, a space for women to be empowered with the real no BS truth about their health. But to be honest, this podcast goes far beyond physical health. Join me each week as I share stories, science, and thoughts with you on everything surrounding womanhood. 
You can pretend we're just two girlfriends chatting over some homemade mocktails or a warm glass of raw milk because that's how I want these conversations to feel. I'm not about formalities. I share the details no one wants to say out loud and answer the questions we've all secretly been asking. So welcome, friend. I'm so glad that you're here. All right, let's get into this. The first thing that you can do to make your sleep quality better is to get evening sunlight in your eyes. Just like I say it's so important to get morning sunlight in your eyes first thing in the morning, it's also really important that your body gets the UV rays from evening sunlight. So like the sunlight right as the sun is starting to set. If you get that light in your eyes for 10, 15 minutes every evening, it's going to help your body to understand what time of day it is. So it knows what hormones it needs to be producing because we produce a certain set of hormones in the evening to make us fall asleep. And if our body isn't getting the signal to produce those hormones, then we're going to have trouble not only falling asleep, but staying asleep and getting into that really, really deep rest. So the first thing that you can do is get that evening sunlight in your eyes to help signal to your body what it is supposed to be doing and supposed to be preparing for. And then going from there, the next most important thing that we need to be doing is focusing on the hour and a half before we go to bed. And I know immediately hearing this I'm going to have women say, yeah, but you don't understand. Like I have kids that I have to deal with in the evening. I have this thing in the evening, that thing in the evening. And I get it. I, you need to just do the best you can with what you have, where you are. I'm going to tell you the most optimal things that you should be doing for that hour and a half before you go to bed, but adjust it for what works for you. That is, that's okay. You have a life and that's normal. But even if you can implement 25% of the things that I'm about to tell you, you can still make a drastic difference and implement them in baby steps. Don't feel like you need to do all of these things at once. Like it, when I started learning about all these things, it's not like a light, like a light bulb went off. And then I 24 hours later had everything in my lifestyle changed. Like, no, I, one day I bought a red light and then another day I, started getting my evening sunlight. Another day I, like weeks later, I bought a sleep and you know, all these things. I I added them into my lifestyle in baby steps and manageable chunks. So just make sure you are doing this slowly and having grace for yourself. But anyways, after you get your evening sunlight, that hour and a half before you go to sleep is super, super crucial to also assist your body in producing the correct hormones. Because if you think about it, humans were not designed to see light after the sun has gone down. The sun would go down, our body would be signaled to produce these proper hormones, it would stay dark outside, we would go to sleep. And that's how the human body was designed to function. But now that we live in the modern world and we are surrounded by these bright lights at any time of the day that we please, it can really, really disrupt that hormone production. I'm not saying that you need to be in complete darkness when the sun goes down. That's not realistic. But if you can prioritize that hour and a half before you go to sleep by keeping your lights dim or having red light or candlelight, you're going to have a very positive impact on the production of these hormones. Because Our circadian rhythm does not perceive red light 
or candlelight as light, essentially. Those are the two forms of light that do not disrupt our circadian rhythm. Every other form of light is going to be disruptive to that production of hormones at night. But if you use red lights and use candle lights or firelight, whatever you want to call it, that's not going to disrupt your hormones. So the best thing that you can do is have some lamps in your house that have red light bulbs in them. So when it gets, when you have that hour before you go to bed, we're turning off the white lights and we're putting on the red lights. We're lighting some candles, whatever it is. The other thing that you can do if that's not realistic is, of course, dimming your lights because the brighter the light, the more it's going to disrupt you. So dimming your lights can help a lot, but also um, turning off overhead lights because overhead light is perceived like sunlight and it wakes you up. But lights that are below your eye level, so like floor lights and things like that, are also going to be much less disruptive and it's going to help you assist your body in producing the correct hormones to fall asleep. Also alongside this, it's really important to make sure that the white lights, like the normal lights in your home, are, I think, what's the word? It's like anti-flicker. Like essentially, the light, most light bulbs will flicker at a rate that is so fast your eye can't perceive it, but your nervous system can perceive it. And it really increases our cortisol levels seeing this like very, very, very fast flicker. And so when you can get anti, there's like a word that I'm not thinking of. Maybe it is anti-flicker, but I think it's something else. If you can get like non-flicker light bulbs, that'll also help a ton to keep your body in a calm place. So the hour before we go to bed, we want to have red lights, candle lights, dim like floor lights, and that's it. And I promise you just doing that, you are going to feel the most massive impact. When I put my red lights on in the evening, it's literally like a switch was flipped and I instantly get tired. And the nights that I use my red lights before the hour I go to sleep and the nights that I don't, like it is truly night and day for how fast I fall asleep, how tired I am, like how deep of a sleep I can get into. It's once you do it once, you will understand, like you cannot argue the impacts of this when you start to feel it. And then the other thing that you want to do, obviously, in that hour and a, hour and a half time span is avoiding blue light. So TV screens, phone screens, computer screens, all that. You can get an app on your computer. The app I use is called Iris. It's I-R-I-S. And well, it's not, you don't get it in the app store. It's like a website. You go to iris.io and you can like download the program. It's like a dollar a year. And Iris will make your um, computer screen entirely red and that will prevent the blue light from filtering through so that you don't disrupt your skin rhythm that way. And then there's also on, if you have an iPhone in your settings, you can go and add like the triple click of your, um, your home button and that'll transition your screen to a red screen. You can look, I have, if you go on Instagram and go to my links highlight, I linked red light, uh, red light bulbs. I linked a YouTube video on how to change your iPhone screen. And I also have linked um, the Iris app. Um, and I think I've linked some blue light blockers too. So like another great thing you can do in the evening is wear some blue light bo- blockers. If Jesse and I decide that we want to watch some like Netflix in the evening time, we'll use Iris to not make our screen red, but it'll make our screen yellow. So like we can still watch TV without it like fully disrupting, but then also with the yellow screen, then I'll also wear blue light glasses and it 
it just, it's such a huge difference that you can physically feel when you do it. Like I feel so much more calm. I feel so much more tired and I can tell that my body is able to produce the hormones that it's supposed to versus if I'm staring at my phone screen for the hour before I go to bed or just staring at like watching TV, whatever it is, I don't feel tired. I feel wired. And so just making those shifts can have a big impact. So blue, um, blue light or blue, red light bulbs, candlelight, blue light glasses, and then red filters over everything. Hopefully that all made sense. I feel like that was a bit scattered. I was jumping around a little bit there. Um, the next thing that you can do to improve the quality of your sleep is to wear a sleep mask. It is really important that when we are sleeping, we are in total darkness. And if you live in a city, that's not really possible. There's street lights and all kinds of things around you. And personally, I hate blackout curtains because I like um, being able to wake up with the sun. And when you have a blackout curtain, it's really confusing for your body because you don't get that signal to wake up in the morning from the sun. So what I prefer is wearing a sleep mask that'll completely like blackout everything at night. But my sleep mask usually at some point during the night will fall off my face. Or like I'll subconsciously take it off like around 4 a.m. and then be able to wake up with the sunlight. So a sleep mask has been a huge game changer for us as well. I think we started using them like, I don't know, maybe eight months ago. And now when I'm, if I'm traveling and I like leave it at home or something, I will feel a really noticeable difference in my sleep quality. So 100% recommend getting a sleep mask. I use like a silk sleep mask that I got on Amazon for like $8.00. They're super cheap. Um, the other thing that I would recommend, which I don't do, but I know when I do do it, I sleep much deeper, is wearing earplugs as well. Because when you can just have that full sensory deprivation, like complete darkness in your eyes, no sound coming into your ears, it really, really, really helps to get into that full deep sleep, especially if you live somewhere that's noisy. All right, what number am I on? I think I'm on like number four now. <laughs> number four is to make sure that you are asleep by 10.30 p.m. When you are sleeping at night, your body, your brain goes through a very important set of processes and recovery and all these different things that are going on. And some of the most important processes happen at 11 p.m. If you are not dead asleep by 11 p.m., you will miss out on that recovery. You will miss out on those processes in the brain that are supposed to help you recover and be healthy and all those good things. And so being asleep, like having a goal of being asleep by 10.30 p.m. so that you can make sure you are reaping the full benefits of your sleep every night, getting the recovery that you need and all the things, you will feel a very, very large difference when you wake up in the morning. If you're getting eight hours of sleep from midnight to 8 a.m., or if you are getting eight hours of sleep from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m., the difference in how well your brain has recovered, how well your body has recovered, how rested you feel. it I feel like I've said this so many times, it is night and day. If you do that for a week, like if you spend one week sleeping from midnight to eight, and then you spend the next week sleeping from 10 to six, you will understand. It 
it's just insane. So it is really, really important when you're trying to heal your hormones, have healthy cortisol levels, all the things that you are dead asleep by 10 30, 11 PM. So you can go through all of those important processes. And in the beginning, this is going to feel hard because if your body is very used to going to bed at midnight and you try to make it go to bed at 10 PM, it's not going to be easy because your circadian rhythm is already disrupted. It's it's so confused because you're going to bed way later than you should. And it doesn't even know when it's supposed to be producing these hormones. And so it's not going to feel great for the first week, but push through and do it for two weeks straight. And I promise you, your body is going to regulate and you're going to feel a drastic difference. All right. So, so far we had getting your evening sunlight. That was number one. Number two is prioritizing the hour and a half before you go to bed. Number three is wearing a sleep mask and or earplugs. Number four is being dead asleep by 10 30 PM. The last one is going to be, well, actually, I guess I could have two. The second to last one is going to be getting heat exposure before you go to bed. So either a really hot shower or going to get in a sauna. What I love to do, I don't have easy access to a sauna. So what I love to do is take a shower, like a hot shower in the dark before I go to bed, like all the lights off in the bathroom. Maybe I'll have like my red light in there and I'll take like a 10 minute hot shower. Oh my gosh. It is you just feel this wave of sleepiness come over you. It is amazing. And the re- like the science behind this is w- when you go to sleep at night, your body cools itself down. It goes into a like the coldest state of the day and the cooling down of your body puts you into a deeper sleep. And when you expose yourself to heat, so sauna, hot shower, whatever it is, you would think that that bot, that that's going to warm up your body, but it's actually, your body is going to try to regulate itself. So heating yourself up externally is going to make your body cool itself down much more rapidly because it's going to try to cool itself down from that hot shower, from that sauna, whatever it is. There's a whole, if you go on the Huberman lab podcast, love Andrew Huberman. He has a whole episode just about like heat and cold exposure and how that affects your body temperature. Um, but he talks very in depth about this and we'll be able to give you a much better scientific, eloquent explanation than I can give. Um, but getting that heat exposure in the evening is going to help your body cool itself down much more rapidly and it's going to allow you to get into deeper sleep. Same thing with um, sleeping in a cold environment. So you want to make sure that you are sleeping in a cold environment, putting your AC down, whatever it is, so that you can get into that deeper sleep. The very last thing that I will recommend is magnesium. So there's a couple ways that you can do magnesium before sleep. And there's also um, different kinds of magnesium that you want to make sure you're taking the right one. So the two ways that I like to do magnesium before bed is a magnesium soak. So you can get, I think it's magnesium chloride. You get magnesium chloride flakes. And you can either take a bath, like do a magnesium bath, or you can just do a foot soak, like get a bucket, hot water, melt the flakes and put it in there. And doing that is going to help your body to absorb the magnesium much faster. Or what you can do is take a magnesium supplement. And the one that I recommend taking before sleep is going to be magnesium three and eight. And you can get a really good um, one of these from Symbiotica is the company. They have like a magnesium three and eight gel that you can take. Um, and that's going to be the best type of magnesium for sleep. So magnesium chloride flakes for the soak 
and then magnesium three and eight for pill form or gel or whatever it is. And then also I'll make sure to link everything that I said today in the show notes so that you can have easy access to all those things. But that is it. Those are my, I think, what was that? Six things? Seven things? Those are my things for deeper quality sleep. So do what feels right for you. Try what you feel ready for. Pick and choose from this episode, whatever feels like a great idea for you. Start with baby steps. And I really hope that these are going to be helpful for you. Let me know how these things make you feel. And if you see an improvement from it, definitely slide into my DMs on Instagram and give me some feedback. And if you enjoyed this episode, I would really appreciate if you shared it with a friend, shared it on social, or go leave me a review. I would love you forever and ever if you left me a five-star review on this podcast and told me what you loved about it. So thanks for listening. I am, as always, so glad that you are here supporting this podcast. And until next time, I hope you make this day and this week an amazing one. And I hope it is filled with everything that you need.